Thank you, Jesus. The best promise of all, amen. And then one
Come on, lift up a shout. Oh, Heavenly Father, we give you all praise, all glory, all honor this morning, God. Thank you, Lord, for being a God who truly lives, a God who shows up, a God who arrives, a God who blesses us with your presence day after day. Holy Spirit, we thank you for that this morning. God, there's a line in that song that says we can face uncertain days because he lives. And God, right now we are claiming that as a promise. God, we know that we live in uncertain times, God. But because you live, we can face tomorrow. Because you live, God, all fears are gone. Because I know you hold my future, God. And life is worth the living because you live. Lord, we thank you for that this morning. We praise you. God, thank you for who you are and what you're doing. It's in your name we pray. Amen, amen. Church, lift up one more shout of praise. Come on. Hey, let's take a moment and greet one another as worship comes to an end this morning. All right, all right. Good morning, church. Man, we got the extroverts in the room, huh? You all talking up a storm. Hey, it's all good. We're all friends here. We're all family. How are you guys doing, though? How are we? We're doing good? Doing good? Sweet. I'm just so excited to be here this morning. I got to tell you the truth. First service, I tripped on my way up. Uh, That didn't happen this time, so we're good. We're off to a good start, huh? Yeah, look at that. (laughs) Uh, But hey, we got a couple of announcements for you guys before we get started with anything else. Uh, first, child dedication is today. So if you're here for that, stick around after uh, after this service, and Pastor Richard will give you some more directions for child dedication if that's what you're here for this morning. Also, New Mexico West Texas Church of God Ministries are holding their annual conference on July 29th through John 30th. Dr. John Thurman is going to be a guest speaker there. We're going to be talking about reigniting the family. And I, I know when I hear that, I'm like, well, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a dude who's, like, not married, don't got family, so is that for me? Yes, it is for me. It is for all of us. They got a great, uh, a great little seminar on singles and stuff like that. How can singles be part of the church? There's going to be so many great things happening at this conference. So mark your calendars for, again, that was Ju- July 29th through the 30th. We have out on our info booth more flyers with more information, and you can even register for the prayer Uh, retreat that's going to be happening on that Saturday also. It's going to be a fantastic event. And if you have more questions about that, you can reach out to our sister Debbie Tate. She's got all the answers and so much more for that one. Also, Vacation Bible School is going to be this month. Yeah, I'm really excited about that one. That's what really impacted me when I was in elementary school. It's got a soft spot in my heart. It's always a great event. And plus, I get to wear costumes and pretend to be a Bible character all week long. So come on. Like, it's going to be a blast. That's going to be July 24th through July 28th. It's going to be a week-long event. We're so excited. And listen, it's going to be a big one. So if you are wanting to step more into the life of the church and really get involved and see behind the scenes, what it is, how do we do all that we do here? Uh, I would say talk to Sister Jessica about VBS. I know we always can use more help with that. I need help setting up my room. I'm not a very artistic guy. I got to make it look like Bible times in one of those rooms back there. So uh, I know I could use a hand. So if you're interested in that, talk to Sister Jessica. 
because uh, that's going to be that's going to be just such a great event. And also, men, do we have any men in the room this morning? Come on, let me hear you, men. Come on, there we go, there you go. Hey, our men's retreat is coming up, and I want to give you a quick shout. At, yeah, heck yeah, heck yeah. I want to give you a quick shout about the men's retreat just so y'all can mark your calendars. It's going to be great. It's going to be at Lone Star Ranch on uh, in Capitan, New Mexico, August 26th through the 28th. And this one, um, it's going to be a little different than the ones before. There's going to be skeet shooting. There's going to be bike riding, water slides, zip lines, all kinds of awesome stuff for our men to get together and, I guess, have fun like boys again. Am I right? It's going to be good. It's going to be great. Uh, food, fellowship, and all, all that good stuff. So, again, men, mark your calendars for August 26th through 28th because that's going to be a great, great time. And other than that, church, I want to say thank you so much for your continuous faithfulness in your giving and your tithes and your offerings. Once again, we have our tithe box located in all four corners of the sanctuary. We also have text to give. We have NBCABQ.com forward slash give. And we even have our NBCABQ app. So many different ways to give. So for whatever works for you, you can set up recurring uh, deposits to come out every month if that's easier for you. Whatever works for you, we've got all these different options. But once again, we just want to say thank you because it's your giving that not only keeps the lights going on in here, but as my brother Chris always says, he goes, um, it keeps the light of Jesus going uh, here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And we are so grateful for that. So church, that's it for our announcements. Would you do me a favor and welcome our fearless leader, Pastor Richard, to the stage. Thank you, Brother David. What a tremendous joy to be able to be here today to celebrate. I'm starting a new sermon series today, and uh, and I'm, I'm calling it Sharing Jesus to a Broken and Hurting World. And we have a broken, broken world. And we partner with different ministries to do that. And one of the ministries that we partner with is the Gideon uh, Gideon's International. It's a ministry that places the Word of God throughout uh, the world. And with us today, we have a guest that we get to host, and then I'll be preaching afterwards, uh, Dr. Quasi Grant. He is from Georgetown, uh, Guyana. That is in South America. And he is just sharing some phenomenal things. He's not only a medical doctor, and uh, he was heading a committee to fight and just bring people to education and healing from malaria and did an amazing job with that. But before any of that, he's a born-again Christian, serves as a deacon in his church, and has been a Gideon since 2015. Would you please welcome my brother in the Lord, your brother in the Lord, Dr. Quasi Grant. Thank you, my brother. Thank you very much, Pastor Richard. Thank you very, very much, New Beginning Church, for having us here this morning. Let's give God a round of applause. Highest praise. He is worthy. Worthy of all glory, honor, and praise. I feel like home, like if I'm back in Georgetown, Guyana. Thank you for making me feel so welcome. And I'm here to talk about the Gideon's ministry, the partnership between the United States and Guyana, Latin American Central, and the rest of the world. And I start off by sharing you a story about George Jeffers. You see, George Jeffers told us that the 23rd Psalm from a Gideon's Bible saved his life many years ago. 
You see, George Jeffers, he was an orphan because his parents died when he was just 10 years old. And he was forced to go and live with an uncle. But he found out that his uncle was very abusive. So he was growing up in an abusive environment. And this forced George Jeffers to go into the hinterland, into the jungle of Guyana, to live, to make life out of himself, to find purpose. And while he was on a farm area in the hinterland, a Gideon was faithful enough to give him a copy of God's word, a New Testament, just like this one. Glory to Dios. Glory to God. And when George Jeffers received a testament like this, it has the New Testament, but it also has Psalms and Proverbs, George Jeffers decided that he's going to memorize the 23rd Psalm. Like every religious guy needs. But let me learn and memorize the scripture. And he decided to memorize the 23rd Psalm. I know that you're all seasoned Christians and believers, so you know the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. Ah, glory to Dios. Pastor Richard is doing a good job here. But George Jeffers, he realized that he wasn't getting enough money working on the farm. And he decided to go deep into the Guyana jungle to do some mining. You see, in my country, which means Guyana, which means the land of many waters, 70% of the country is made up of forests, and there is gold dime, di and diamond mining deep in the forest of Guyana. And usually young men and women go there to get fast money. So George Jeffers decided he's going to go and get some quick money, fast money. But while he was there working in the mining camp, there was a murder that took place of one of the workmates. And they tried to pin that murder, that killing, on George Jeffers. Probably he looked like he was innocent, quiet, a fool that they can put into the Guyanese prison. But George Jeffers defended himself when the police came to him. He said, no, it wasn't me who killed the man. And the police said to him, well, if you're not the one who killed that workmate of yours, then recite to us the 23rd Psalm. And George Jeffers, I could imagine, he stuck out his chest and he said, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And the police said, You're definitely a Christian. We're going to exonerate you. And because of this experience, George Jeffers decided to give his heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. And George Jeffers today is a chaplain in the army in the Guyanese Defense Force. George Jeffers today has opened an orphanage where he's helping young men young and, and young women who've lost their parents to come and find the love of Jesus Christ, to come and find a safe haven so that they can make their lives purposeful in Christ. Glory to Dios. Glory to God. All because of the faithful distribution of God's word by a Gideon. One man plants, another man water. But it's God who indeed gives the increase. And we have a unique situation in our country in which Venezuelans are coming from Venezuela, seeking betterment, fleeing the economic hardship. And when the country is trying to pack hampers and pack clothing to take into the Venezuelans migrants who are there, the Gideon's ministry, the local Gideon's ministry, we decided to, yes, we're going to pack clothing, and hampers, because 
Like Jesus Christ, we have to feed the 5,000, not only to preach and to teach. But in those hampers, we also packed copies of God's word in Spanish. So those, so those migrants can read about the love of Jesus Christ. And come and accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Glory be to God. And so that's what we do as Gideons. As Gideons. We are just missionaries, laymen and women who work alongside the church, the local church, just like this one, to spread the love of God through the placement and distribution of God's word in schools, in hospitals, in prisons, correctional facilities, in hotels, in brothels, wherever the Lord would allow us to go, so that persons can read about the Lord Jesus Christ and find him. And we want to challenge you this morning to continue to pray for us, we live in a world where the doors to the gospel are closing. We need to pray to the Lord of the harvest that there will always be an open door to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. That people will realize that there is one way to the God the Father, and that's through Jesus Christ. That people will read God's word because we know that God's word will not return void, but will accomplish that which it was sent forth to do. Continue to look for potential men and women who can join part of the ministry, who can continue to partner with the church to win the lost for Christ. Laymen and women, professional men, businessmen, who can serve God in the Gideon's ministry. So if, if you're interested, you can contact Pastor Richard for more details. And finally, we thank the U.S. for their generosity in helping printing scriptures so it can go to countries like Guyana, and all the other 200 countries where the Gideon ministry is operating. We thank you for your generosity like the church in Philadelphia. And we, continue, and we continue to encourage you to give to the work of the ministry so that more copies of God's word can be printed and placed into the hands of a person like George Jeffers, can be placed in the hands of the migrants fleeing Venezuelan, searching not only for betterment, but for the love of God. God bless you. Dr. Grant, thank you for being here. Let us pray for the ministry of Gideons, but also for the work there in Guyana. Father, thank you, Lord, for our brother, your son. That, Lord, you have brought him here from Guyana to share the power of God working around the world. Thank you, Father God, for the anointing you have on Dr. Grant. Father, he's a medical doctor, but he's also a spiritual doctor, healing broken lives through the love of Jesus Christ. We pray blessing over him, the ministry there in Guyana and around the world that he's a part of and that we are a part of by yes. partnering with him. Yes. Father, bless this time together. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. 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 Blessings, brother. Blessings. For people that are old like me, you might remember Guyana was when Jim Jones and a group of people that were a part of a church uh, ended up taking their lives. And uh, as I think about that, and I think about what I'm sharing, I think about just the, the passion that we have for lives to be transformed. And we're so excited that you want transformation. We're excited that our youth want transformation. And we have a youth service right now, so 
Brother David, would you and your youth be dismissed? That's all sixth graders all the way to 12th grade. Feel free to go out there. You can go out this door or that door. But uh, thank you, youth. You guys are just on fire and doing some awesome things. And uh, they had a really neat uh, movie night uh, this past uh, Friday night. Yeah, Friday night. Saturday. I don't know. They had a game, a movie night. And they had a really a lot of fun, and they watched a really very spiritual movie, Nacho Libre. <laughs> they they had a lot of fun, but but our church has a passion for healing and restoring lives through the love of Jesus Christ. There's a lot of brokenness. This morning, I got a phone call early that a young man that um, had taken his life. And I was talking to some of the family members and trying to comfort them and minister to them. And last night I was reading an article in the paper that said there's a new help number coming out, like 911. It's going to be 988. And it's for people that are struggling with depression and thinking of suicide. It's a, it's a national suicide prevention hotline. And I was just thinking about all those things and just thinking of the brokenness. And I remember the brokenness in my life before I came to Christ and how lost I was and how broken I was. And I think of many of you who have shared your story with me. And I see the emptiness in the streets. Albuquerque has such violent crime. We have so many drug addicts and so many people that are broken. And they don't know how to find help. And they're trying to find that. They're trying to medicate themselves with either drugs or alcohol or something to try to take that pain away. But it's a pain that only Jesus Christ can comfort. It's only a pain that Jesus Christ can remove and fill with his peace and presence. So I'm starting this series calling Sharing Jesus to a Broken and Hurting World. And today what I want to talk about is loving a broken and hurting world like Jesus does. To love like him, to express that love to that broken world. And in the first book of Peter, chapter 2, verse 17, Peter writes and he says, respect everyone. He says, and love the family of believers. So first he's saying love everyone, meaning lost and found. Then love the family of believers, the church. Then he says fear God. And then he throws in and respect the king, our government. Sometimes we don't always agree with our government. People rant and rave about our government, but we're supposed to pray for them. And we're supposed to support them with prayer. So, Father, I pray that today we can really understand how to love a broken and hurting world like you do. That we can really get it and then put it into practice. I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Yesterday at our men's breakfast, uh, Josh Manker was sharing a devotional and he was challenging us to live by faith, not just by sight. And that faith without works is dead. That We need to really put it into practice. And as I was thinking about that and thinking of this, I was just saying, you know, God has given us principles for loving like Jesus. 
It's throughout the Bible. You see it from the Old and the New Testament. And, and, and the very first thing I want to say is that Jesus loves with dignity. God creates every person with dignity. God has created every single person with dignity. So somebody isn't higher up than others. You might have more education than others and have more training than others and have higher positions than others and have more respect than others here on earth. But equal in the eyes of God, everyone is the same. He looks at us all the same. He loves us all the same. He doesn't love some more than others. He loves us and he wants us to be followers of Christ. He wants us to come into a love relationship with him. And he loves us and he's given us dignity to show his love, to show that everyone has value, everyone he cares for, everyone he's pouring into, everyone he's giving to. He's given us all the equal amount of portion. All of us have access to Jesus. All of us have his spirit, if you so choose to want it. Everything, he's given us his dignity. In the book of Psalms, chapter 8, verse 5, he says, yet you made them only a little lower than God. So he said he made man in God's image, but but God is higher, of course, and he crowned him with glory and honor. He's saying, I love you all so much. I made you in my image, and I love you so much. I want you to love the way I do, and I love you so much that I've crowned you with glory and honor. He shares his glory and honor with us. In the book of Acts, chapter 10, verse 28, Peter told them, you know, it's against our laws for a Jewish man to enter a Gentile home like this or to associate with you. But God, I love that, but God. I love when God comes in and butts in and says, whoa, 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 wait up here. You know what? Man has rules, but let me tell you something. God has a way of turning things around. Man can reject you, but God. Man can say you're a loser, but God. God says, I never give up on you. He loves us and he cares and he says, but God has shown me that I should no longer think of anyone as impure or unclean. Peter's saying, man, we were taught a certain way, but God is showing me the best way. He's showing me his way that God is opening his heart to all mankind because he's made us with dignity and he's made us to be all the same and all equal. And we are to love equally. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 17, again, we read that, but it says, respect everyone, everyone, and love the family of believers, fear God, and respect the king. He's saying, I want you to live this out in such a manner that people are going to see. Aren't you glad that God is no distinction of person? That he gives us his spirit and he gives us his calling and he gives us his name. Thank you, Lord. That brings me to the second thing, that God wants us to love with diversity. He wants us to love with diversity. He wants, God has intentionally created everyone unique. We're uniquely made. We're so different from the other. You can have identical twins, but they're completely different. Oh, they might look exactly alike, 
But man, you talk to them and they're just completely different. People that grow up in the same household have a lot of similar traits and characteristics, but yet they're uniquely made. All of us are uniquely made and we have to understand that. I didn't always understand that. I grew up in in a Mexican home. We were from Mexico. I spoke Spanish and then I learned English and, and first generation American, but I moved here to New Mexico 40 years ago and all of a sudden I'm all loud and proud. Yeah, I'm a Mexican. Well, we're not Mexican. We are Spaniards. I didn't know that. (laughs) But it was very, it was was like an insult to call them a Mexican. And, And to me, I'm like, well, man, my grandfather is Spaniard and my grandmother is an Indian. So my mom was a mestizo and you know, it's like, man, what's the difference? We're all from Burke. <laughs> no, I'm not a Burkeño. I live in Albuquerque. I'm a 505. Not anymore. I'm a 515. <laughs> you know, it's like people who are weird. Thank God nobody here is weird. First service, they're all weird. <laughs> but my point is that we're all unique. We're made unique. We're we're not the same. Can you imagine if everyone was the same? They say that I'm a type A person. Can you imagine everyone all wired up? My gosh, that'd be a crazy world. I wouldn't even want that. We have a balance. We have those that are chill and they just smile. They balance everything out. They, They organize and they put things together. God has made us unique. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, in verse 38 through 40, it says, then God gives in the new body he wants us to have. He goes, a different plant grows from each kind of seed. Each kind of seed. It says, similarly, see, there are different kinds of flesh. Now, so he's trying to explain the difference. And it says, there's different kind of flesh. One for humans, another one for animals, another one for birds, another one for fish. There are also bodies in the heavens and bodies on the earth. The glory of the heavenly bodies is different from the glory of the earthly bodies. So he's even telling us when we die and we go to heaven, we're going to get a different celestial body. And we're going to get be different. We're going to be different than what we are here. And here we're different. We don't have the same kind of flesh an animal does. We don't have the same kind of flesh, flesh a, a fish does. And what he's saying is there's, there's a diversity. There's a, a, a difference that I've created you uniquely formed in, in your mother's womb. And, and I've given you life. And that's why we, we believe that and we, we receive that. And that's why we're a pro-life church that believes in life from the womb to the tomb. And we say we believe this to be true. In the book of Acts, chapter 17, verse 26, it says, from one man he created all the nations throughout the whole earth, and he decided beforehand when we should rise and fall, and he determined their boundaries. But it says from that one man, from Adam, all of us were, came from Adam. We were all from one man. God has created us like this. And we have to embrace this and we have to love this. Aren't you glad we don't, we're not all separated? 
I, there, there used to be a time where we were. I'm sorry, uh, whites over here, blacks over here, Hispanics over here, Asians over here, and on and on and on. Aren't you glad it's not like that anymore? Aren't you glad we don't say, oh, what origin are you from? I'm, oh, you're Asian? We need you to sit on this side. And what origin are you from? Oh, you're, you're Spaniard? We need you here. Mexicans, we need you here. Asians, we need you. Oh, my goodness gracious. Yet some people live like that. And so they decide who they're going to share God with. Like, oh, I don't, I don't really, I don't talk to those people. I don't talk to those kind of people. What does that even mean? You used to be one of those kind of people. <laughs> don't you get it? God loves us. He cares about us. And he wants us to share. He wants us to live beyond our diversity. He actually wants to accent our adversity and bless it. I love a line that I saw in a movie once that says, I may speak with an accent, but I don't think with one. See, because we're all the same. And we need to share God's love with all the saints. Amen? And bring the next thing I want to say is that, that Jesus loves with community. He loves through a community. We need each other and we're better together. And it's so important that we get that. And it's so important that we understand that. And it's so important that we live that. It's a community that we come together, that we are connected together. And we're part of this, not only New Beginnings community. We're a part of the Church of the Living God here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. We partner with other ministries. That's why we partner with the Gideons. That's why we partner with Under His Construction for Drug and Alcohol Rehabilitation. That's why we partner with Frontline Resurrection Ministry that are helping women coming out of prison or transitional living or coming out of the streets or sex trafficking and helping them. That's why we partner with different ministries around the world because we can't do it by ourselves. Here on Fridays, the third Friday of every month, we give out that from 10 to 20,000 pounds of food. Matter of fact, this Friday is our food distribution. So, quick commercial. We need volunteers for this Friday <laughs> for food distribution. Last month, this lady shows up and she goes, man, I heard you guys give food away. Yeah. She goes, I don't come to church here. I go to a different church, but can we help? And I said, no, get out of here. Of course not. We said, absolutely. You're part of God's church. You might not be part of this congregation, but you're part of God's church. That's what we, he loves through community. We need to be able to love through community, love and give and not classify. Well, God doesn't like those people. He likes these people. And oh my goodness gracious. Paul addressed that in the book of Ephesians chapter four, I mean, chapter three, verses four through six. He says, as you read what I have written, Paul is saying, you will understand my insight in this plan regarding Christ. Now, he's going to tell us of the plan. And he says, God did not reveal it to previous generations, but now by his spirit, he has revealed it to the holy apostles and the prophets. And this is God's plan. So here's the plan. Both Gentiles and Jews. Gentiles were non-Jewish people. So he's saying both Gentiles and Jews 
who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessing because they belong to Christ Jesus. You see, God had chosen the Jews as a tribe of people to show the world how to live and honor God. But that didn't mean he loved the Jews more than everyone else. God says he wishes that none would perish, but all have eternal life. So he doesn't want anyone going to hell. But he wants to make sure we get it in gear and do our job. And man, so I was thinking of that story. Mr. Sellers memorized the, the 23rd Psalm. Some of you probably need to memorize that when you get pulled over. The Lord is my shepherd, I, not, I shall not want. Oh, get me out of this mess, you know. <laughs> but all kidding aside, it's the word that gets a hold of us and transforms us and changes us into a man or a woman of God that lives it out to the glory of God. And we're a community who does that together, who shares together. In the book of Hebrews chapter 2, verse 10, or verse 11, rather, Hebrews 2, 11. So now Jesus and the ones he makes holy have the same father. So he's saying, we all have the same father. And he says, that is why Jesus is not ashamed to call them his what? Brothers and sisters. Guys, do you understand Jesus calls us brothers and sisters? It's not just like we know him. Hey, do you know Jesus? Jesus goes, I know her, man. That's my brother. That's my sister. Look, I, I had four sisters and one brother. And you know what? I'll be honest with you. We've never gotten into major fights. We, we have a really awesome family, but I also haven't agreed with everything they agree with, and they don't agree with everything I agree with. But we all get along. I don't agree with everything you agree with, and you don't agree with everything I agree with. But you know what? We still love each other. We treat each other with dignity, and, 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 and we honor the diversity that God has given us, and, and, and we have become a community that loves together and serves together. In James chapter 3, verse 18, it says, And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. I love that verse because he's saying peacemakers are going to be planting seeds. So when you're a servant of the Lord, you're planting seeds every place you go. Seeds of love, seeds of peace, seeds of harmony, seeds of the love of the Lord, seeds of working together, seeds of agreeing together. So we're planting a neighborhood, we're planting a community, we're planting a city that's going to bring in a harvest of righteousness. So we're believing that God's going to bring in the harvest because we've been planting seeds of love and mercy and of grace and of promise and that people are going to get saved and we're going to get to see the harvest because we've been planting every place we go. And that's what he expects. To not only live in community and diversity and dignity, but he says, I want you to love. Jesus loves with love. He loves with genuine love. He loves with the love of God. God is love. We were put on this earth to learn how to love, to really learn how to get it, to learn how to live it, to learn how to share it, to learn how to walk it and talk it, and to become the people of love. 
Real, genuine love. Not, ugh, I don't even like this church. I come here and they give donuts, but they don't have the kind I like. (laughs) Man, what's wrong with us? Now, as petty as that sounds, that's how petty we could be with other issues. We're supposed to love with love. In the Gospel of John, chapter 13, verse 34 and 35, he says, so now I give you a new commandment. He says, love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. And then look what he says after that. He goes, "If you, I want you to love because your love for one another will prove to the world that what? You're my disciple. When you have real love, so when you have unforgiveness and hate and you start separating yourself and you draw a line, you go, you stay on that side, I'll stay on that. That's not God. That's not of the Lord. He wants us to love. He wants us to show his love. In the book of Hebrews chapter 13, verse 1, it says, keep on loving each other as brothers and sisters because that's what God calls us. We need to love We need to hold on to each other. We need to embrace each other. We need to believe in each other. We need to really see it because we don't always do it. We're ashamed, or we should at least be ashamed to say that. But sometimes we set boundaries and we only let certain people in. Man, God says he loves. Jesus loved. This is how much Jesus loves us. Jesus reached into our life when nobody else would. Look, I remember when I was in college, I was at UTEP, and I was in the band. And I was in a fraternity, and I was really, I was, just, I was lost. I was messed up. I was lost. I was just lost. And I remember there were a bunch of Christians. Now that I look back, I realize, oh, those guys were Christians. They'd never, ever, not one time did they ever share the gospel with me, ever. And when I got saved, one of them is a pastor today. And so when I got saved, I called him up and I go, Charlie, dude, I'm a Christian now. He goes, what? I go, yeah, I got saved, man. I'm, I'm a Christian. He's like, Richard, I, I can't believe it, dude. Are you serious? I go, Charlie, why didn't you ever share the gospel with me? You never told me about Jesus. I almost died in my sin. I almost died, Charlie. Why didn't you ever share with me? And you know what he said? He goes, I really thought you were too far gone. Aren't you glad Jesus doesn't give up with us? Give up on us? Aren't you glad Jesus keeps reaching in? The Bible says... He takes us from the miry clay and he puts us on a rock to stay. He reaches into the muck, the muck of life, the the yucky stuff of life, the ugh, the stuff that you created and you don't even like. And he puts his hand in there. I think his angels must say, what are you doing, Lord? Why are you sticking your hand in there? I'm looking for Richard. Pulls out a big old blob of garbage. Is that them? Nope. Haven't got to him yet. He's way down here. And he finally got a hold of me and he took me out. He goes, there you are, Richard. 
He didn't give up. Never give up on anyone. Never give up. The power of God can set people free. The love of God can transform lives. It does the supernatural. It brings me to the last thing I want to say. Is that Jesus loves with reconciliation. In other words, if we're not helping people reconcile, we're not the church. We're not the church. Because he's called us to be ministers of reconciliation. He's called us into the ministry of reconciliation. Reconciliation is making people right with God. Making people right standing with God. See, when you are not serving God, you're at war with God. Even if you, oh, I, I don't hate him. But the church I went to, they taught me how to love God. They taught me how to love God. But you know what they didn't teach me? How to know God. So I never knew I could know him. And I loved God. I always loved God. I grew up loving God. But I didn't know how I could know him. So I lived my life looking to, for searching and trying to fill that void in my life. And I messed up my life. And I messed up lives around me. And it was shameful what I did. And there was a lot of pain to people that loved me. Not physically. I never hurt anybody, but I pierced their heart. My dad having to see the way I was living. My mom dying. Still believing I was going to be transformed. My in-laws, my wife. I didn't have any children at the time, but man, my family was so distraught over the way I was living. They were like, will anything change this guy? Man, I, didn't, I, I went to church. I loved God, but I didn't know him. And when my next door neighbors taught me that I could know Jesus Christ personally, my whole life was radically, radically transformed. And he set me free from sin. And he set me free from the foolishness I used to do. And he could do it for you. He could do it for you. You see, God loves through reconciliation. Jesus loves with reconciliation. He offers peace between you and God. He offers peace between you and your fellow man. Some of you, your unforgiveness is killing you. Your unforgiveness has turned you into this bitter person. Because life will make you bitter or better. And you have not gotten better. You've just become better at being bitter. And you are broken. And you're angry. And you're hurt. And you're falling apart. And God is saying today, don't you understand? I love you. Don't you understand I care? In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18, it says, And all of this is a gift from God who bought us back to himself through Christ. And he says, and God has given us the task of reconciling people to him. So he's anointed us. He's called us. He's said, I have you as a minister of the gospel. Oh, you might not be a pastor. You might not be in full-time ministry, but you are a minister to bring people back to God. And you're supposed to say, come back to God. Come back to God and not judge them. We judge too much. It's sickening. 
You know what? Some people think they're being cute, and someone hasn't been at church in a while, and maybe they backslid, and they went right back in there doing some dumb things. And we don't know how to welcome them back at church. And then they finally come to church, and we make mockery out of them without thinking we're doing that. We think we're making it easy. We're making it worse because they were already struggling to come back. And then you, then they come back, and you know what we say? Oh, there's Richard. Oh, hey, everybody, there's a new member. I want you to meet someone new, Richard. It's like, dude, do you understand how hard it was for me to show up? And now you're going to parade me around saying, he's back, he's back. The sinner's back, the backslider's back. Oh, my gosh, what a beautiful welcome. <laughs> you see, he wants us to reconcile them. He wants us to bring them to Christ. Some of you are so broken in life. And God is saying, I want you to be peacemakers. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, God says, God blesses those who work for peace. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. You see, he wants us to be followers of Christ. He wants us to be those children of God, reconciling people. And that's why we partner with other ministries. That's why we partner with Gideon. They put Bibles in places where a lot of us aren't welcome. They put Bibles in the hotel rooms. And in some hotels, they're owned by the Mormons. So they have a Bible, Holy Bible, and they have a Mormon Bible. Somebody was telling me earlier, Gee, whenever I see that, I always put the Mormon Bible way at the bottom, and I put the Bible at the top. I'm like, right on, brother. (laughs) (coughs) But look, the Gideons, I still have my original Bible. I think it was, I want to say it was 1966. And I was in the fifth grade. And I had my Bible. And you know, they still give out Bibles. I was preaching in the Cayman Islands. And... God was really using me, so the schools invited me to preach at the high schools there, the public and the private. And so I'm thinking, like, New Mexico or the United States, you can't talk about Jesus in the schools. And you can talk about Jesus without ever saying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You can talk about Scripture without saying, and, and in the back of Matthew chapter 7, you, you can just quote the Scripture without saying Matthew 7 or whichever Scripture you're going to use. I'm speaking, and all of a sudden, the principal walks up, and he goes, uh, Pastor Mansfield, uh, the reason I brought you here is I loved what, the way you were preaching. I loved that testimony. You have freedom to preach like normal, like if you're preaching at your church here. I go, really? They don't let us do that in the United States. He goes, you're not in the United States. I go, amen, let's go, baby. I got the reins. That's man. And then they invited me to go to the prison there in, in Grand Cayman. And, and then I was preaching at schools. And, and, and when I came back, I was really excited to hear how, you know, just about the Gideons even more because we partnered with them. And, and I'm picking up my son, my grandson, at his school. And there's an elementary school. And I noticed these guys on the sidewalk because they don't let them go into schools anymore. 
and there was a guy at the sidewalk, and, and he's there. And I go, hey, man, and, and I'm in the line also to, to pick up my grandson. And he goes, he goes, I go, hey, what are you doing? Are you bringing out Bibles? He goes, yeah, they don't let us step on school property, but I'm on the sidewalk. I go, praise the Lord, brother. I'm, Amen. Do it, brother. Do it. He was all happy. You know, Christian? I go, yeah. I go, we partner. You're a Gideon, right? He goes, yeah. I was like, praise the Lord. That we have both men and women that are planting seeds. You and I can be planting seeds. And it's time we do that. It's time we plant seeds of righteousness. Because we will reap what we are. We will sow everything that we have. We we will reap what we sow. (coughs) And God is saying, plant a way. Plant a way. Plant a way. I want you to keep doing this to the glory of my name. And some of you have really been, man, God's been tugging at your heart. And you're like, oh, I just don't know if I'm ready. And, and, And I'm telling you today, God is putting his hand in the mud. And he's willing to pull you out if you're willing to extend your hand. And if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ and you've never prayed to receive him as your Savior and your Lord, but you want to do that today, raise your hand. Anyone over here? Raise your hand. Just say, that's me. Just raise your hand. Say, you know what? I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to receive him. Anyone? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Any, anyone else? Anyone else? And we, we want to celebrate with you. The reason we clap is, you know what? It's like a baby being born. Yeah, look at that. Yeah, we're so happy for you, but we're happy for us because all of us have a new brother or sister. So if you raised your hand, would you stand so we could pray with you? And everyone's going to pray with you. Everyone say this prayer for you guys that are standing. Just say, Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. From this day forward, I want to live for you. I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord. I surrender my life in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hey, come on up here. I want to give you a a high five. Those of you that stood up, come on up here real quick. We're just celebrating. Celebrating, celebrating, celebrating. That's Pastor Eddie over there. He's got some material. Come here, brother. Come here. You don't have to get all the way. I just want to say we're celebrating with you. That's Pastor Eddie. He's got a Bible and some stuff, okay? Love you, man. Love you. I don't know where you are right now. I don't know if you are totally reconciled to God, that you, you, you've accepted him, but you've been half-stepping it. God is calling you to plant seed of love and mercy. He's calling you to love a broken and hurting world the way he does. And maybe you haven't been doing that and you want to come up here and dedicate yourself and say, God, I'm going to do it. Maybe God is calling some of you businessmen to get involved in Gideon. Maybe God's calling some of you to step up in the ministry here at New Beginnings and get involved in ministry here. 
Or maybe you're just carrying something that has nothing to do with today's sermon, but you're overwhelmed with life and God wants to give you peace. As we sing this song, please feel free to come up. Would you please stand with us? We're getting ready to close, but just ask God to strengthen you. Ask him to be with you. Ask him to minister to you. And prayer teams, come on up and minister to people. God sent his son. They called him Jesus. He came to
because you live, Lord. All because of that resurrection day. All because of the Holy Spirit coming and dwelling within us. Lord, we have victory. We have reason to live. You have taken our past, Lord God. And you walked in with the light of Jesus. And the only thing that changes when the light comes in is the darkness. The light changes the darkness. Thank you for changing our lives. God, I pray blessing over our congregation, blessing over everyone watching online. God, I just pray that you fill us with your Holy Spirit, strengthen us, and let us celebrate the victory. We pray in the mighty name of Christ our Lord, and God's people said amen. Hey, God bless you, church. Listen, we have, uh, we're going to be taking that offering for the Gideon. So please make sure on your way out, be generous. Drop them into the bucket, not into the giving, but there's going to be people there with offering buckets. Please receive that. For those of you doing child dedication, please come and meet us right over here at this doorway. Meet Jeanette right over here at this doorway. God bless you. You're dismissed to go live it out for glory. <laughs>